0: In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the name of God, who is love. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. Yes, another sermon on love. Amen. What I want to consider with you, what does love look like really? Uh, Why or what is the context of these two commands to love? And a little bit about how can we do it? Um, Brooke sends her greetings. Many of you know that Brooke is still in New Orleans. Um, serving Deb Roos, who had major oral surgery a week and a half ago. Like, a lot of her mouth removed, frankly, because of cancer in her mouth. We're praying for both of you. Uh, Deb's husband, Eric, is in the hospital in Mobile after having a Whipple surgery uh, for pancreatic cancer. Um, What does love look like? To state the obvious, my wife is showing me what love looks like. I'd like to do a a brief consideration just from Leviticus and John, uh, our two of our readings today about what love looks like from those passages, Grant, right? We could look at lots of biblical passages and talk about what love looks like. And a lot of this sermon is to provoke thought and prayer, not to answer necessarily uh, tons of questions. Let me say first that I think many of us don't think really deeply about love. I think many of us assume we love pretty well, and this is not to lay guilt on anyone. This is to—this is one of my many sermons that are to myself. Um, and and a lot of the times we do show love, we we. Well, some of the times we do show love, we do show it kind of grudgingly, at least within our own hearts. I see some smiling faces. Thank you. Um, As I was working on this, I I was remembering a song, and I couldn't place it. I mentioned it at 8, and it came to me between services. the last, this is a song from the year that I came to know Jesus personally, which was 1974. Yes, I could easily be many of your father, your father of many of you. Um, and the last line of the refrain was, Jesus, reduce me to love. Uh, it, it, the, the name of the song is called Charity. It's by Ken Gullickson, uh, who is a pastor at... Uh, for a long time, and it's, it's about 1 Corinthians 13. That's another passage many of you know, 1 Corinthians 13, that's the love chapter. And it's almost word for word, like the verses, and then the refrain is, if I have not charity, if love does not flow from me, I am nothing, which is 1 Corinthians 13. And then geez, the prayer, Jesus, reduce me to love. I, that's, that's my prayer. I know that I don't love as well as I could. Or in light of these commands, as well as I should. So in Leviticus, again, quickly, quickly, quickly. But I want to call attention to, to um, you know, this passage, which began as Jessica read to us, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, uh, pause, pause. So, Leviticus is like most people don't camp in Leviticus. It's a tough, tough book of the Bible. Um, it's the holiness code, lots of laws and, about sacrifices, about cleansing, about sexual relations. Um, a lot, yeah, so you're intrigued. Yeah, check it out. Um, and, uh, So the Lord spoke to Moses, and you'll hear why why one of the reasons it's called Holiness Code, Uh, you say to the people of Israel, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. That's the preface to this Leviticus, at least part in chapter 19. God is saying, let me tell you what I am like so you can do it too. When God says, I'm holy and you shall be holy, it doesn't mean that we walk around the world snooty and don't relate to anyone we don't consider holy. Just, read, just we'll look at the passage. That's not what it means. What it does mean is that we are absolutely set apart for God to be gods and to be about God's ways and to display what God is like in the world. That's what it means. When when something Common becomes holy. It means it's been set apart for God's purposes. You, if you've said yes to God's love, yes to Jesus Christ, you are holy. That's what a saint means. Anyway, that's a different sermon. Um, but did did you hear this? Like love, loving your neighbor as yourself means uh, you'll leave part of your harvest for the poor. And the sojourner, sojourner means refugee or alien, by the way. You'll leave some of your harvest in care and concern to provide for the poor and the holy, and I mean, uh, and the sojourner. Note too, at the end of most of these paragraphs, God reiterates, I am the Lord. I'm the Lord your God. I'm reminding you, this is what I'm like So, this can be what you're like. I am Yahweh. I am who I am. I'm your source of being. This is how you live fully. So, that you shall not steal, not deal falsely. You shall not lie. Um, You won't oppress your neighbor or rob him. You'll take good care of those who work for you, you'll be kind to the disabled. and several other things. I wanna note just the two immediate verses where the command comes. You shall not hate your brother or sister in your heart, but you shall reason frankly with your neighbor. Or one translation said, a good translation said, you shall reprove your neighbor. Love doesn't mean just having like a warm, sweet feeling. Love may mean speaking truthfully to your neighbor or your spouse or the person around you. You have to use wisdom with that. That was pointed out to me between services. But we are commanded to speak the truth in love. That's one of the ways we love our neighbor as ourselves. So check it out. Check out Leviticus 19. If God is stirring you, maybe like Mark, I don't well, I don't love as well as I could or I should. And then um, John 13. So uh, we're in Easter season, but we're back to the night before Jesus was crucified. John 13 is, is the last supper scene, according to John, when Jesus says a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. I want to go back to John 13, verse 1. Uh, John writes, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, now listen to this, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. That to me is one of the most stunning verses, a beautiful verses. On the night before he was crucified, getting ready to sit at table with his disciples or sitting at table with his disciples, having loved his own who were in the world. Up to that point, he had loved his own in the world. He now determined to love them to the end. That means love them fully, absolutely, completely to his very last breath. And what does he do? Well, actually, before John tells us what he does, John says, during supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray him, Jesus, knowing all things, got up took his clothes off, his outer clothes off, filled up a basin with water, took a towel, and washed their feet, all of their feet, including Judas. That's why John says it there. And you heard, as Susan read the gospel, it began when Judas had gone out. Jesus says, I'm returning to to glory. I'm going to be glorified now speaks about his glorification, and he says, immediately proceeding, he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. As the Father has loved me, uh, excuse me, love one another as I have loved you. What does, what does Jesus, what does love look like? How Jesus related to his disciples his whole ministry. And especially in this context, especially, what does love look like? It looks like being a slave. It looks like being willing to take off your eastern shore, well-to-do, beautiful clothing, and doing whatever it needs to be done for someone in need. Mark. Mm. What does love look like? Very quickly, plug, it looks like Stephen Ministry, which you'll be hearing a lot about in the next month or so and following. Stephen Ministry is a ministry that trains, equips, and, and helps regular lay people to love like this, to love hurting people, lonely people, Grieving people. Fill in the blank. And one further note. When Jesus says, love one another as I have loved you, what does that imply? He's saying that to the, to the 11. Love one another as I've loved you. That means as disciples, we must be willing when we are hurting for someone else to love us. Love one another as I have loved you. Okay, I know I got a little jazz there. Reach it. <sighs> yeah. Um, so note number two, uh, th- I find it interesting that these commands, both in Leviticus and in John 13, are, I I. I think we could maybe call them um, commands... Uh, that are in times of transition or commands for in-between times. What do I mean by that? Leviticus, the people are in the wilderness. They've come out of Egypt and God is preparing them to go into the promised land. God is forming them as a people, as a holy nation, as a people who will go in and be in the land as his people to show the whole world what he is like. I'm holy, you shall be holy. I am Yahweh the Lord, be like me. Show the world what I am like. And that's exactly what John 13 says. Jesus goes from where I'm going, you cannot come, love each other. Because you can't go where I'm going right now to glory I want you to show that glory in the world by how you love each other. And I would submit that while at this point in the text, it's only talking up to the washing of the feet, his whole ministry up to the washing of the feet, the risen and ascended Jesus who is absent and yet present, is speaking. He is speaking. Love one another as I've loved you, which goes all the way to his last breath. We have the privilege of showing the world what God is like I think that might be that might be what revelation is talking about when it talks about the bride being adorned in fine linen which is the what the righteous deeds of the saints the deeds of love of the saints what do people see they see that adornment okay Last part, which uh, these next two points, which are not going to be long, but honestly, these two points could be a very long sermon by themselves. And I want to just, I want to, I want to call our attention to the, the, the littlest word in both of those commands. And it's the word as. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. If I've learned anything over this past year in doing uh, work in trauma care and also in spiritual direction, I've learned that many of us, beginning with this one, have very complicated relationships with ourselves. In fact, truth be told, deep down inside, we don't like ourselves very well. That's often not on the level of consciousness, but it, it often comes out in times that when we can't handle what's going on, when we become dysregulated. Our heart might start pounding, or we might start shutting down. Okay, again, this is like really more than a long sermon. It's like a sermon series or a teaching thing. But, but I, I, I want to suggest that um, love your neighbor as yourself. It's critical that we learn to love ourselves well. And I hope you do. But I know for a fact, many people right here don't. I mean, I just know by statistics, I don't. And I know a little bit by fact, because I know some of you. Um, and that's an invitation. There is healing.) Um, but it's very complicated. I mean, it's, it's in our brains, our bodies, it's embodied this stuff, how we react, how we feel about ourselves. It's, again, it's complicated, but it's important to attend to. Really honestly considering our stories, where we come from. Okay. As yourself, that's a command but I, I honestly think it could also be read, not, not grammatically in the Hebrew, but in reality, it can be read as an indicative. You will love your neighbor as you love yourself. There, there's no other, I mean, it will, it will come out. Okay. And then, as I have loved you. How can, we, how, can, how, how can we do that? How can we possibly do that? Like, how has Jesus loved us? Well, in some ways, like the Leviticus 19 stuff, I mean, he speaks the truth. He cares for the outsider, the marginalized, right? Um, the disabled, um, do we really know? I know we're, we're in Easter season. We're just a month or five weeks removed from Passion Week and the crucifixion and the resurrection, but do we really know how he has loved us so that we can love others that way? Have you ever, have you ever in, in your mind's eye or in the imagination of your heart looked at Jesus on the cross and, and looked in his eyes looking at you. I, I want to say that a true experience of that will take care of loving yourself, um, but I'm not gonna say that. I think it's huge, I think it factors, but I think sometimes we, we get simplistic in like Jesus as a solving everything without us doing honest, Truthful work with our own hearts. And yet, that's the other as. That's the other invitation. Have I had a revelation of divine love? as it pierced this complicated, sometimes hard heart? Of course, you know, when we say, what does love look like? You know, the, 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 the simple but most true of all answer is what? Love looks like Jesus. So, to close, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, that has all kinds of implications. that we don't, we don't live, and I, I don't know if it's even practical to live. Love your neighbor as yourself. Does my neighbor have enough to eat as I have to eat? Does my neighbor's kids have as good a school as my kids have to go? Anyway, love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another as I have loved you. Really? Did, did Jesus really mean this? Did God really mean this? To what extent are we supposed to take what he's saying as our life and our end? God help me. God help us. Amen.